All right. Am I live? <clears throat> Take a look at this. Oof. Is this plugged in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. There we go. People are here. Morning. Morning. I just woke up. Good morning, bears. Real quick. God. Hey, guys. Please, please don't do that. Please don't ever do that again, dogs. Not ever again. Oh, hey, Australia. It's 1 a.m. there. Marlo. What's up, bears? Last night was fun. Yeah, I'm a bit hungover. You, you guys probably... People keep... I can already see in the um, feed that people are saying I look tired and hungover. I... I know it's because a lot of you were on Twitter last night seeing me say that I was drunk. So you're kind of cheating. Actually, I do look kind of hungover. It's because of my eyes. If you ever sleep with contacts in your eyes, it's like the next day you just look like you have like Asperger's syndrome or autism or some shit. You're just like, what's that, Tourette's? When you're always doing this? You always look like a chick that just got like really offended, just... All right, yeah, I'm a bit hungover. I'm a bit hung. All right, so I wanted to talk about that Sam Cedar situation. So NB, uh, MSNBC cut Sam Cedar over Roman Polanski joke. And I love this. And uh, some of the bears and some of the, the non-bears were saying that we should hold, we should keep an ethic that's above, that, that, that if I don't think someone should be fired for a joke, I can't want that from someone else. Here's, here's the flaw of that. Uh, this dude is part of the reason that people can't tell jokes. And so I'm fine with that. If someone wants to create this toxic environment, uh, these, th this leftist media machine where you can't tell a joke, like I've been blackballed from a lot of entertainment places. I know a lot of people that have, they've been publicly shamed for a joke because of this new culture that we have where context doesn't matter sarcasm doesn't matter uh if you do anything that has any like one of the no-no words in it you can be fired so this dude gets fired from msnbc over a joke and here's the thing in context the joke isn't bad and, and i'm just gonna be straight up with you guys it's not he's being sarcastic he said uh I don't care regarding Polanski, but I hope if my daughter's ever raped, it is by an older, truly talented man with a great sense of mise in scene. He's mocking Hollywood. Because that was back in... I mean, if he's being serious, he should be in prison. But, like, if it's the way I read it, which is how the uh, mainstream media read... I wouldn't do this joke. I would never joke about my daughter being raped, regardless of the of the context or tone. That just is insane to me, but... What he's, I, I, I believe what, what he's doing there is uh, mocking the people that cover up Polanski, where it's like, well, if someone's going to be raped, at least it's by a great man. Like, I, I find that to be sarcasm. Um, what did he say here? The entire culture and our politics are now dominated by people who have weaponized bad faith and shamelessness. Yeah, see, he's one of these guys that like talks about how everything's shameful and shameful. He did a rape joke. 
And so now you have the media uh, backing this guy. Like MSNBC is talking about context. MSNBC cuts off Sam Cedar over a single lame joke from eight years ago. Uh, and they're talking about how it's context. And that almost bothers me even more because it means that they do understand context. And so all their shamings of Trump and anyone on the right for anything, that they know they're full of shit. Like when Trump said in New York that he could pull out a gun and shoot someone and not lose a voter. I, I have a hard time believing that people don't understand what he was talking about. That no one in New York City is going to vote for him. His whole point is he could kill someone and he wouldn't lose a voter because that person wasn't going to vote for him. It wasn't that his followers uh, enjoy murderers. And I thought that that was so obvious. What I mean, is it the best written joke? Not, not really. Is it funny? Yeah. But like, uh, the mainstream media is like, so, so Trump could literally kill someone and his followers would still follow him. No, he's saying in New York city, they're all going to go Democrat. So I could shoot one of these people and no one's going to, and I wouldn't lose a voter. So they do get context. There's been a million situations of that where it's like, they don't understand the context. They're like, you just mocked rape. It's like, no, I'm mocking the people that accept Polanski. But guess what? When you set up this toxic world, you got to play by the same rules, bud. And I love seeing these people go down like this. It's, it's, uh, it's a culture war. We're, we're engaged in a culture war right now. And people that want to say that, that we all have to be better than that. And yes, in certain things, like uh, there's certain like ethics and ideals that you have to like stick with, whether your enemy does it or you do it. But this is not one of those situations. If someone steals your bike, you can steal your bike back. And, uh, and that's just a fact. If someone takes your ability of doing comedy, if the media makes it so that you can't do your job, you have the right to take it back from them by making them play by the same rules. And the left is, is going to go down in such flames. I'm, I'm curious to see what, what morphs out of it because the way that they describe men and toxic masculinity and all that stuff is already eating themselves by, by, by valid rape accusations as well as, uh, as uh, you know, just these nebulous ones where women can now say like, he, he made eye contact with me for too long and I felt unsafe. And they'll lose their job because they set up rules that no one can live by. And so I don't have to play by their rules because fortunately I've been ejected from their society. And now they have to burn down their own shitty structures or else they're just going to end up in constant misery. So enjoy that. All right. What do people want me to talk about today? Let's see. Uh, here. X, X dashboard live. Here we go. Hi, people. No super chats yet. Oh, you cheap sons of bitches. All right. Sam Cedar has a very loyal following for a few. Uh, this is going by really fast. Oh, I got a good uh, story about uh, oh, principles. Yeah, but West Side Bear. Principles. Principles don't apply here because what would happen? All right, let's play this through in our heads. If we let this guy make jokes, but we're not allowed to make jokes, what that creates is tyranny. It's not a principle. So he's allowed to do things that the rest of us can't. That's not principle. That goes against a, another principle about um, 
freedom. So he gets to do it, but no one else can. That's creating a media empire that doesn't have to follow the rules. So that isn't okay. Uh, all right, so what was I going to... had something to talk about that I was very, very adamant about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a, a good marriage story uh, about a little marriage advice that I learned through, through uh, trial and error. So... Me, you know, me and Amy went through this period where we weren't really, you know, getting it on as much recently. And I found, and then like we started talking about it and I found out why. And this is why it's really important to talk to your, your husband or wife. It's because, uh, every, like after Walter goes to bed is usually when we have like me and her time. And I was getting, Amber, you're too generous though. You always, you always throw in, uh, throw in super chats, but, but thank you. So it turns out it was because I was, uh, I always smelled like, sm like, uh, like I'd have a, a fire every night. <clears throat> and so I'd always smell like smoke when we'd be hanging out. And that was it. That's the entire factor. Think about how crazy that is that like, that, um, that sometimes something that big in a relationship can be swayed by just people not communicating. So then I started at, so the new thing is now I, after the, the outdoor fire, I shower and that makes all the difference because I always shower, I, I, I shower twice a day, but uh, usually it's like right before bed, but now I shower after the fire and, and it's like night, it's night and day. And also we, uh, we have uh, like now we'll find a show that we watch together from the beginning. So we're both like up to speed and we're not just going through like shit trying to find something that we, we both want to watch and then I know more about the plot than she does or vice versa. Like now it's like we'll start a series together so we get all like snuggly and I don't smell like a, like a squirrel, like a, like a burnt squirrel <laughs> and it's just, it's night and day. So I think that like those things are really important in relationships where you just kind of like straight up be like, why are we not like touching as much? And it's because I smelled like a squirrel's asshole. Alright, Aussie Bear here. Love the videos. Never get to watch them live until tonight. Oh, sweet, bud. Oh, and also you can always uh, request songs. I got a piano here. But I I do these every day now, so I like to talk about like fun topics. Alright, so this morning I tweeted, live stream, what do you bears want to talk about? Alright, so Esteban. Oh, and I also want to read something from uh, Mika about the, the, the Armenian genocide. I got a lot of great responses from the Armenian genocide. A lot of people with Armenian lineage um, get very happy when you address the Armenian genocide because mainstream media just will never, will never touch it. All right, this is from Mika Ohanian. The stories my great-grandmother, some details here were left out. Uh, they came to their house before she was taken she had one other boy and two other girls, and when they came to see the house, they, they forced Dekron, my great-great-grandfather, and the other son to fight. The son didn't and was executed then and there and took Dekron to fight. The two other girls were taken to, the, as, to be slaves. Dekron always resented my great-grandpa because he was born nine months after they were reunited, so they thought he was the bastard son from a Turkish rape. He has a link to the whole story, and then he has... Uh, he just wrote me all these stories because these stories don't get told. So uh, there's one that's just nuts. 
they took me and my uh, Kirikin and my Yurchenyig. The two were left of my five children. Uh, they, they marched them into the desert. I saw a large deep hole in the ground. They removed our clothes at the edge of the hole until we were naked as birth. They killed and threw the bodies down. As I looked inside, my mind went away. I mean, it's just, you, you get the idea. These are just, this woman survived. She said, hours later, Arab women came to see what was happening. They pulled me out. Where, where were my children? What, under what corpses were they burned? You know, no one knows about this. I mean, people know. I mean, the Young Turks, that's, that Senek or whatever his name is, denies it even happened. Because uh, it's illegal to say that the Armenian genocide happened in Turkey. That's literally against the law. All right. So that's a but, um, buzzkill breakfast. I just Bob says the chemical reactions that occur in the brain while using social media. Yeah, there's definitely a dopamine response. And this is a fascinating thing about Twitter and knowledge. It triggers the same uh, parts of the brain uh, that, that used to forage for food. That information for uh, for humans come, uh, goes to the same part of the brain where 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 animals are trying to find nuts and, and stuff like in the ground or, or trying to find the path of a deer. That the foraging thing, and I think we all kind of feel that sometimes when you're on Twitter and you just can't stop scrolling and reading and reading and looking at news or, or seeing how people react. I use Twitter as a, almost like a truth sonar. I'm trying to like illustrate this concept better. I don't know how to do it yet though. I can't do like cartoons or anything. But um, it's almost like you, you wanna understand an idea. Like lately I've been really into soy. And so you throw out a bunch of tweets that you believe, like I'm not lying, you believe them, but you go kind of over the top in different directions, you know? And then what bounces back at you, you start seeing the image of what is real. It's, it's like how dolphins use sonar. And then like what comes back, you, you can process the image. So sometimes people say I tweet a lot and I do. And if you, and if, uh, and if you don't like uh, that much honey that the big bear likes to feed the people, if it's too sweet for you, then you should follow Sam Cedar on Twitter because I don't think he's gonna be tweeting very much uh, these days. I like to flood the market with honey. Because I'm a bear that likes to eat that salmon, eat that honey, and then I take a big old nap. Um, because I, I think the best way to categorize people now is how they feel about soy. Because I, I throw out a lot on Twitter. And Twitter is such a fascinating and, and uh, valuable resource for information. Because it's not always what you say, it's what you feel back. And one of the reasons that I love the unbearables and seeing that bear in the name... It's almost like we get to mark each other, you know? So we're not as tricked by, by the bots and we're not as tricked by, by people that are, uh, have an agenda or people that uh, mean us harm. Because like when I see a bear, bears disagree with me all the time. Like it's great, I love it. But at least I know they're coming from a place. You know, like a bear this morning was like, you sure you don't drink too much but they're big bear? Like I. I've had bears tell me that like all kinds of shit, but I know they're, I know that they've at least accepted a group that prides itself on, on open discussion and not being like a psycho or, or at least accepting that we're psychos. But that's why the bear thing is so necessary for me. It's almost like a trail of breadcrumbs back to, uh, back to reality when you're doing this. 
And so I think people can be broken down into how they feel about soy because soy kind of reveals your entire worldview. Because Republican, Democrat, left, right, liberal, conservative, like these names can just keep mangling and switching and playing dark language tricks. I mean, like, look at the word retarded. Retarded was the politically correct word for moron and imbecile because moron and imbecile were tied to the eugenics program and, and mean a specific IQ for somebody. Like, a, an idiot means someone with an IQ of 0 to 25. A moron is a categorization of um, 50 to 69. And uh, a lot of them were castrated in the 20s and 30s in America by uh, Godard. And so when people kind of got off that train... They start calling people retarded because to retard is to underdevelop. And so it doesn't have the same sting as idiot or moron. So the obvious irony is now retarded is seen as uh, insulting, but idiot and moron are colloquial. So that's, that's how you can't ever trust these people that keep spinning and spinning and spinning. You know, like my parents still consider themselves liberal. But if they were more ear to the ground about what's happening and like what the word liberal has become, there's no chance they would consider themselves liberal. Like they're classical liberals. They believe in personal autonomy, like the rights of the of the individual. They're Jeffersonians, you know. And and if you said if you say liberal now, like what that means is completely different from what it originally meant. And I was having a conversation with Michael Malice on Twitter yesterday. Great convo. And we're talking about how he said without feminism. Uh, we wouldn't be able to identify a lot of these sexual predators in, in Hollywood. And I was like, well, most of them are feminists, you know. And we, we, had a, we have a good rapport, so we had a good back and forth. And I think what we ended up realizing is the word feminist has changed so much for, for me. And not like we had a different definition of what feminist meant. Like he was referring to uh, people that actually work like on the ground with women in shelters and stuff like that. And I'm like... I'm picturing a blue-haired lesbian at Yale, um, which I think my definition is a little more valid because it's the mainstream view of what a feminist is. And what he's referring to a lot of times would be considered conservative. You know, like a lot of my conservative friends' wives are the ones working at rape uh, counseling places or, or uh, shelters, and they are considered uh, Nazis by by most people in charge of the media. So I just think it's a... a but I think he has a point. And I think he has a great point. I think that's why I enjoy uh, talking with people like Michael Malice because, um, yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for a lot of these people that, that were the, the way that feminism should have been originally, but just in my view isn't, uh, women would be a lot less safe. But this is another point I want to make. The average man, like the ultra-masculine man, uh, doesn't have a problem with, I came up with a concept that I threw out to him and I wanted to see what he thought about it. There, I think there's a difference between in-group rape and out-group rape. Because ra out-group rape is a tactic of war that's happened forever. And as much as any of us would, would you know, know that we wouldn't be capable of that, we are. And I don't think that we can really grow up and be uh, humans unless... Unless we're, we know our, our dark sides, you know, that, that and I had a class in college about the Holocaust and I, it was taught by someone who actually kind of reminds me of Jordan Peterson. And one of the points in one of the lectures was that we all could have been a Nazi and we all could have been 
we all could have done horrific things. And that even a lot of Jews in these camps would become oppressors of other Jews. That, that these darknesses, uh, you know, they affect everybody. And the true heroes in the world are the ones that accept their darkness and on a daily regimented and disciplined way know how to not ever become that. And unless you know what you're capable of, you can, you can never you can never truly fight it. People that, that are like, I would never do that. It's like, well, you would. So the fact that you can't see that inside yourself means you're blind to your own nature and you're not a guy I want to give a gun to. In 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 a in a, in a where you could you know potentially rape somebody, because it's a way to humiliate another. Like look what I was just reading from Mika. Like that's not that that's that's common. You know when when the Russians finally made it to Berlin, uh, there was you know there there was there was they said that there was like a million Russian babies born nine months later or some crazy shit. The rapes were just vicious and constant. And that's like, that's human history. I mean, that's why one out of one out of 300 people on planet Earth is a direct blood relative to Genghis Khan. That's how much rape he did. Now there's in-group rape and there's out-group rape. And what I'm trying to say is, is very masculine men, I don't feel like they ha have to deal with the rape of their own, like, like the, the soy boys do. Like the male feminist soy boy is the type that would rape their friend or someone that, that belonged to their country or if, like if they were marching in the, if they were marching and there's a female marching next to them, they'd be like, it must suck to wear those boots, huh? And she'd be like, you get it. And he'd be like, yeah, let's have like 50 drinks tonight and see what happens. Like they rape themselves. And so I think in group versus out group is, is interesting with, uh, with human nature. I just want to talk about that. All right. So Esteban says, well, I was never taught anything about American history. What happened between 1492 and 1776? Probably an accounting on all the genocide, like uh, with the Spanish. Well, there's a, there's a common myth that, that those people committed a much bigger genocide than they actually did. A lot of it was just because the, the natives didn't have any immunity to smallpox and a lot of these um, illnesses. And, the, and people try to make it into intent, like that they, that's why this whole smallpox blanket thing that never actually happened is because they want first degree genocide, not manslaughter, right? They want to show that these people like wanted them to die of smallpox and not just, you know, I, I think Cortez and his army was like 80 guys. And at the time, the Aztecs, the Aztec nation was sa sacrificing 100,000 of their own people a year. So just put that in perspective. There's a great book called Why Nations Fail that I recommend. It, it, it talks a lot about why America became such a better nation and more free than a lot of the South American countries. And a lot of it had to do with, I don't know, just read the, the book. It's great. A, a few other people asked me about American history that they wanted me to talk about. I So many people have asked, and I want to do such a good job with it, that I'm going to do one with my brother. Because my brother is an expert. American Revolutionary War history and our founding fathers and all that stuff. I know a decent amount. Like I could riff on it, but not to the degree that I want to. Uh, not to the degree that uh, you deserve. Uh, someone said, "How about your past acting career?" And then he did a Jeremiah did a uh, a picture of Gentle Ben with Clint Howard and Ellen Benjamin. It's really funny. 
my past acting career. Uh, yeah, I've acted a bunch of stuff. Acting is is uh, it's kind of gay. I mean, I'm I'm decent at it. I think if I get to uh, act like, if the writing is good, acting is easy. But if the writing's bad, acting is pretty difficult because you have to like morph yourself into the words that suck. The difference in taste between lemon and lime, asked Crazy Bear. I, uh, I have no idea. I'm way too hungover for that one. Why do we turn the clocks back and forward? And someone else asked about time zones. Brad asked about time zones, so I'll, I'll cover that. The reason there's, there's time zones is because we live on a, on a globe. Uh, sorry, flat earthers, but it's a globe. And in any circle, there's 360 degrees. So the entire earth is broken up into, can anyone guess how many time zones there are in the, in the world? 24, because there's 24 hours. So there's 24 time zones in the world because there's 24 hours. And each hour is 1 24th of the circumference of the earth. And that is because the time in um, Los Angeles versus the time in New York, the time zone difference is three hours. So that would mean that, that that distance is one eighth the circumference of the earth. And so that distance is about 3,000 miles times that by eight, that's 24,000 miles. That's roughly the circumference of the earth. See how that works? So if it's one o'clock in one time zone and you're 1 24th the circumference of the earth away, that would be two o'clock or it would be noon because you have a different angle on the sun. And, uh, Time zone or daylight savings time. Who first started? Oh, for the first guy to start time zones was a British, a Scottish guy named Fleming. And uh, the reason it was in the 1800s. And the reason the time zones had to be addressed in the 1800s was because of trains. I don't want to give you bad information. Let me let me make sure this is true. Uh, time zone history. 1883, four standard time zones for the continental United States were introduced on November 18th, 1883. What is the different time zones? When was time invented? That's an intense question. Why were time zones created? Who created time zones in the U.S.? Operations of new railroad lines needed a new time plan that would offer a uniform train schedule. So that's what was happening is like, you'd have Philadelphia time and like St. Louis time and Chicago time and all these times would be like not scheduled properly. So there's just so many train accidents because anything going a far distance, those fractions of a second would start adding up into an hour, two hours, three hours until when someone said a train would be there at one, it'd be there at three and there'd be another train there and they would, uh, uh, head on collide. Uh, who made up time zones? Yeah, I got it. Scottish born Canadian. Wow, he uh, drank a lot of soy apparently. Sir Sanford Fleming proposed a worldwide system of time zones in 1879. He advocated his system at several international conferences and is thus credited with the instigation of the initial effort that led to the adoption of the present time zones. That's cool. I think uh, daylight savings time was from uh, 
New Zealand and history. It's just because people wanted, like when the days got shorter, they wanted that morning light in the evening. It says in 1916, Germany introduced it. I thought it was New Zealand. Clocks in the German Empire. Right, let's really dive into this thing. Daylight savings time is known as summertime. George Hutchin proposed the idea in 1895. The German Empire. Hang on. I, I, why am I thinking it's New Zealand? Should I click on George Hudson? See where this motherfucker lived? Born in London, Easter Saturday, 1867, Hudson was the sixth child at Emily. By the age of 14, he built up a collection of British Einstein. In 1881, Hudson moved with his father, Nelson, to New Zealand. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, he moved to New Zealand. He wasn't from New Zealand, but I knew there was some, something about New Zealand. I remember the dumbest shit. DST uh, is generally not observed near the equator where sunrise. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. So around the equator, you don't really need it. Um, the sun navigates to two cancers. There's a cancer of Capricorn. Oh, no. Tropic of the two tropics. The Tropic of Cancer, cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn. And what they are is uh, the degrees of latitude. It, it's like 17 and a half degrees. No, 23 degrees. 17 and a half degrees. Tropic Cancer. All right. 23 degrees. Yeah. Yeah, motherfucker. Tropic Cancer, I was referred to the Northern Tropic. is 23.43 uh, degrees north of the equator. Basically what it is, is, is how far north the sun will migrate. when the Because it's not the sun that moves. It's the Earth that tilts. The Earth's on a tilt. So when it goes around a fixed object like the sun... The sun's, uh, where it is on the, on the earth, goes from 23 degrees up to 23 degrees down. If I had a globe, I could show you guys easily in a light. If it's tilt, you go like that. And so that's why there's a day, uh, the day of the midnight sun on the North Pole or even Alaska, or like that area, is because it, it, it's sunny the whole day, because, or it's dark the whole day. But so, in the southern atmosphere, it's the Tropic of Capricorn. These tropics are two of five, camera. So, like, uh, at the winter solstice, the sun would be uh, noon. It would be an exact 12-hour cycle. It would be 12 sunlight hours, 12 darkness hours uh, on the Tropic of Capricorn. On December 21st, it would be a perfect day. And then on June 21st, on the Tropic of Cancer, and 23 degrees north, it would be noon to noon. It would be a perfect day. And on the equator, on the equinoxes, it would be perfect days, noon to noon. And that's why, like, on the equator, it gets the most amount of sun, because all year it shifts only 23 north or 23 south. All right, I'm going to check the chats. All right. Aussie Bear here. Love your videos. Never get to watch them. Oh, that, all right. Essie Amore. I sent you a Twitter DM yesterday regarding the Armenian genocide. I'll check it out. Ryan, close enough. Thanks for the props. 
Uh, well, thanks for the super chat. Nicholas, you should organize a comedy tour down under. I'm working on that, actually. I'm still trying to get Minneapolis booked. It's a real pain in the ass. I got Chicago. Uh, I'll release those dates soon. But Minneapolis, it's tough. Overton Windex. Could you play a walk through hell, yellow cat, red cat, or it is a metaphor fool by say anything. You should look into that band either way. Yeah, I'm going to work. I'll work on that. And we're friends, obviously. So I'll remember this one. If you could DM me that this request, I'll actually put some time into this. Because I'll just, if I wing it right now, it'll suck. Sam Stewart. Thanks, buddy. Angry Sand Bear. Sending nuts and berries from Dear Bornistan. Never stop the bear. <laughs> Dear Bornistan. That's hilarious. And Bear, at some point this AM, will you play something Aerosmith? Absolutely. We don't live on a globe, we live on a sphere. Okay. Thanks, the source Bear. Motherfucking Nature Bear, why do we still have daylight savings time? It seems like a waste of time and energy. I heard it was started because of farming. The cows don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't know either, man. Because some uh, New Zealand guy, Sam Stewart, Soy Boy Song, Globe Earth is Real. <laughs> you guys are hilarious. If you look closer, it's bombing right next to the globe. Ever plan? I have I have a globe right there. Oh shit, I do have a globe. I'm not I'm not standing up. I'm I'm wearing shorts. I just tried to wear a college shirt to look presentable. Uh, <coughs> Met down under Australia. Yeah, no, I know Australia. I want to do it. I just uh, I'm trying to get a. Now that I'm not doing comedy clubs, I'm trying to figure out. How to how to tour, you know. But I'm working on it. All right, let's see what else you guys asked me. Someone said John McCain secretly wanted to give Trump a BJ. I think that's a fact. Uh, Jerusalem is the eternal capital of Israel, and why Palestine has no claim to Jerusalem. I'll go with that. I'd rather have it be Jerusalem than Palestine. I mean, come on, let's be honest. Kill a bunch of Armenians, they think they can get away with it. <laughs> Marlo Bear. How about the doctrine of Islam and why it's different than other religions? That's a whole episode, but I appreciate the question. Well, one, the major difference is Muhammad was a warlord and Jesus was a carpenter. Who would you rather hang out with and have teach your kids shit? The carpenter or the warlord? What does inside the blue line mean? Inside the blue line is where I live. I live in the Adirondack Mountains, the Adirondack National Park in northern New York, near, uh, near Soyastan, Soy Soy Canada. And the blue line is the line that, that goes around the park. It's the largest state park in the country. It's, it's massive. It's massive. I, it might be bigger than Yellowstone. I think it is. In fact, I know it is. <laughs> but there's a lot of bears here. So inside the blue line, it's kind of like an inside joke for anyone that knows the area. The wanton use of the word Nazi and how it affects our society. It's uh, That's a great question, Kenneth Bear. It's, uh, it affects our society because it makes words not mean anything. It's, it's constant hyperbole. And I think that the benign version is constantly using the word awesome, which is what I do. And I know that that kind of it kind of makes it so the word awesome doesn't mean anything. Like I say awesome all the time. Like, oh, that's awesome. Someone could be like, hey, look, I tied my shoes. And I'm like, awesome. Awesome literally means awe. Like, like I, 
People should probably only use awesome like five. Why did I, say, I, I say like too much. I, I just caught myself. People should only use the word awesome five times in their life. Like something like witnessing your child's birth. Like that's awesome. So Nazi is like one of those things where it, it's, a, it's meant to uh, dehumanize uh, a human being immediately. It's, a, it's, it's like nigger. It's the same thing. It's just another N-word where if you go, uh, did you see that nigger that, that walked through my yard? That basically is saying, did you see that animal? And that justifies uh, violence. It's the same with Nazi. If, if, if you disagree with someone's opinion, you call them a Nazi, you're, you're pretty much justifying violence against that person because we've been conditioned our whole lives to think that killing Nazis is okay. And uh, it's, it's a terrifying thing that, that people are so easily easy to call each other Nazis. That's why this culture war matters so much to me because me, my family and my children will be targeted because we're really good at stuff and we believe in uh, autonomy. <laughs> like the one thing communists hate is anyone with, with skills or anyone with ambition. They, they like mediocrity and, they, and then they, they march the lambs to their own holes in the, in the ground. Kind of like uh, the Armenian genocide. Because the Armenians were kicking ass at the time. There's a, there were a lot of very wealthy Armenians that had all their money stripped from them. Real sad story. Soy, yeah. So, oh, the, the reason you can you can break people down by how they feel about soy is people that, that, that want their food soy pretty much want a synthetic world. And that's, that's how I, why I don't like the left, what it's become. Is, um, say what you will about liberals, but there was a time when Democrats at least attempted to appear like they were the working class party where they cared about workers unions and stuff like that. Now they, they want a synthetic world. They, they, they're, uh, they believe in a technocracy where it's like, they, they like, bil like billionaires from Silicon Valley are like their people, you know? And, uh, and so soy, if someone wants a soy steak, it means they don't want to live in this world. They want to be in a fake world, a designed world, a neutered world. And I don't want that. I want to smell and see and feel the world for what it actually is, or at least what the filters in my brain think it is, and not the soy world. Like soy. Soy is, is the same concept as people that want to cut their own dicks off, make a fake vagina, and take estrogen and think that they're a woman. They're not a woman. That's a, that's a soy woman. I mean, it's, it applies to every single thing you can imagine is how someone feels about soy is how they feel about the entire world. And so every now and then you, you get a little peek into this with stuff like soy. It's something so silly and funny, but it lets you see the whole matrix. It's like you learn these things from doing my Twitter, uh, truth rate, truth sonar, where you bounce enough off people. Like if you start talking about like how someone feels about guns, you can tell a lot about them, but that's a, t that's a touchy topic. It's not really comedic. Soy is comedic. Soy is an absurd thing to talk about. So when someone thinks that they can redesign the world and protein and nutrition and taste around this synthetic bean that, that definitely isn't great for you physically, it means that they want their, their, their children, they want uh, daddy government to take care of them, they want someone else to design a world for them, they want a pillow fort world. They want to live in a pillow fort. And then they want their little soy, their soy existence. 
And I don't like that. I'm the opposite of that. I want to I want to taste the murder of a steak. You know, some people talk about saving sentient animals. They're so fucking stupid. You know how many bunnies and like animals are 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 killed just by harvesting soy? You know how devastating that is to the to the land. I don't think any of this shit's devastating to anything, but that's how I see the world. But if you want to play by those rules, MSNBC, Sam Cedar, what mass farming of soy does is much more destructive than taking out an elk in the middle of a beautiful woods and then eating it with your friends. That's actually much more environmental. That's one thing that I disagree with about some of the right wing is uh, environmental conservation. I'm big into, I don't want any Anybody coming in these parks, and I'm a big capitalist. I think the uh, capital is what is what unifies people and what brought so many people out of out of uh, poverty. But I do not want us touching the beauty that makes America what it is, which is very rare. Go to England and try and find beautiful mountains. Um, how scary is that? I reread this from Rummy Bear. I reread large portions of Ted Kaczynski's manifesto drunk last night and realized that he's 95 95% correct in his assertions. The people he was trying to blow up were all OGs in the field of AI and cybernetics. Well, watch list 46, here I come. Yeah, he was totally right about so much. It's like insane. He was, uh, I, I think he might have been a time traveler. All right, left-controlled media called Polish patriots neo-Nazis. Yeah, they're trying to dis... The irony is they're trying to do with the to the Polish what the Nazis actually did to the Polish. They're they're trying to, you know, the the original Polish jokes were 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 uh, told by Nazis because you want to uh, turn a you want you want people to start thinking this group of people are, are stupid so that it's easier to kill them because Polish people are not stupid. In fact, Poland is kicking ass right now. If you live in Europe, I would highly recommend buying land in Poland. Because they're standing up to a lot of really awful things right now. And uh, and it's a Nazi technique to call Polish people Nazis. That's the irony. The irony is the Nazis are socialists. They just had a different version of it. They were national socialists instead of international socialists. That's why they hated communism. Because they didn't want the whole world in on the party. They just wanted old blue eyes in. You know, they had a racial component to socialism. That's all it meant. And, and we see that now with the American left. You know, Black Lives Matter socialism is a form of, that's Nazi. You know, that is um, uh, a racially fueled form of socialism. That's what made the Nazis so fucked up. So, and the irony of course being that, that the Polish were a lot more blonde haired and blue eyed than most of uh, Hitler's SS. So I, I agree with you, the left controlled media are absolute piggish monsters and I really, Whenever people like Sam Cedar burn, I uh, I warm my hands on that old fire. You know what I mean? All right, Joseph says, how about any good fishing or hunting stories? Well, go watch this. Watch the episode I did with my uncle. I mean, nothing's going to top that one. There's uh, around Thanksgiving, we did an episode that's still on YouTube with my uncle who's who's killed four elephants. So those are some pretty impressive things. Um... The Revolutionary War and the Black Robe Regiment. I'm going to do a whole episode with my brother. I promise. Magic Bear. Federalism taking over states' ability to govern themselves. Awful. You know how I feel about that, Magic Bear. I think that, that human self-governance has a scale and it has a tipping point when it becomes awful. 
And I think states are where it's at. I think that like, uh, I think that there should, one thing that I think states should be able to vote on is abortion. I think that there should be states where they can make abortion illegal because there's states in this country where 95% of the population considers abortion murder and uh, they're still forced to do it. And then there's California that thinks that they should abort up to three years if they, if they want to. So I think stuff like that, these major divisive issues should be states' rights. Astral parasites, do they exist? I don't know what that means, Jessica Bear, but I love, I love where your head's at. Brad Bear, I talk about colleges abandoning the Socratic method in favor of critical theory and the damage it's caused. <clears throat> yeah, it's horrible. Socratic method is the, the cornerstone of Western civilization. And it's, it's a way to find truth. And the critical theory model is the way to find power. And if you're motivating, uh, don't send your kids to college. Just don't do it unless they're doing STEM, unless they're doing something highly specific. Just absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a place where it's daycare for young adults. And, and it's just absolute garbage. Because Socratic method is a way to chip away. It's asking questions to chip away the bullshit to find truth. Uh, critical theory puts the world in a form of um, dystopian power hierarchy. And uh, it's creating, it's, it, it's not even creating monsters because they're, they're, they're so neutered, they can't even do anything awful. It's just creating slime, soy, just these soy consuming dickless, just emasculated soy boys, just soy, soy como va. This is, this is hysterical. The real history of Galileo and how he got in trouble for being a dick and not trying to promote the heliocentric theory. Jester Bear, that's so funny. I don't have time to get into that one. I only have 10 more minutes, but uh, the Galileo is just being a dick. Notorious PIG says, just says farts. That's very soy related. Cold Meat Jelly Bear says, Mark Dice has a new book out about fake news, a breakdown of your opinion of how we got here, when it started, and how... And when will be out of this obvious propaganda, if ever? Historical propaganda machines. Great question. Uh, it's always existed. It used to be called yellow journalism. And uh, a great example that I know Rogan likes to talk about, and I actually knew about as a kid. My dad taught me this. My dad's a fascinating guy. He uh, wrote his PhD on rhetoric, uh, specifically Upton Sinclair and the meatpacking industry in Chicago, because he had relatives in, in that. And... Uh, like uh, William, William Randolph Hearst was in charge of all, all this media and he would say that, you know, uh, hemp made black guys rape uh, white women and all this shit because he owned all, all this, uh, all, the, all these timber forests and wanted his paper made out of wood and not hemp. You know, like shit like that's existed forever. There's what, what it is now. The reason it's a lot scarier now is because it's tied to the, 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 chemical rewards of our brain with social media and the constant flow of the dopamine and the uh, cortisol of our brain that gets us addicted to being scared. It's like it went, it's a lot like, it's very comparable to the opium wars. I did an episode on the opium wars where when it was just milk of the poppy, it kind of helped you not be hungry. You just had like that natural little dose of heroin that made you not really hungry and helped with diarrhea and made you feel a little more comfortable as a peasant. And then when uh, opium was derived from that shit, people lost their fucking minds. And that's what we're seeing now with information and, and, and news, where it went from like one newspaper a day 
that might have some troubling shit in it that was fake. And now it's every three seconds, just do, 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 do. And it's just, it's just right in the vein, right? And so the way we fight that is we tell our own stories. We come on these um, bear feeds. We make our own bear feeds. We, uh, we, we talk about the Armenian genocide that no one else seems to want to talk about. We talk about what we see in our lives, what we value in our lives, what we promote in our own lives. And that's the only way out of this monster <clears throat> is um, we tell our stories from our days and we, com- and we create a community with common goals. You know, the, the bears uh, are against the normalization of pedophilia. That's our, one of our main things in the unbearables is like whenever people try and make it seem normal that, that you can be attracted to a child, we got to shut those people down. And uh, if you're going to say some fucked up shit in the unbearables, you got to be funny. You know, like we had an unbearable yesterday talking about it was uh, the, the numbers of people killed in the Holocaust. He was questioning all that shit. And I'm against that personally because I just think that that's stupid. But if you're going to say crazy shit, you got to be funny about it. Because that way we don't self-censor, but we also don't welcome just people being absolute douchebags. So I think those are two cornerstones that the unbearables live by. And I think that's a perfect example of just a douchey, it's just douchey versus like censorship. It's like, fine, you can be a bear and, and question shit that I find a little weird why you would, I just don't see the point of that. I think the reason a lot of people in uh, Holocaust stats and stuff is because other genocides have been so covered that they almost want to eye for an eye at like the culture war situation, like how I feel about Sam Cedar. Like if I can't tell jokes, you can't tell jokes. But that has like what I want to do has has a, a positive outcome potential. The other one doesn't. Like I want to make these people play by their own rules so they know that they can't uh, censor me. Questioning a Holocaust that we all know happened because you think the media is censoring Holocausts that we also know happened doesn't have a good outcome because kids watch this shit. I have a lot of fans that are like 13 and I don't want them to think this postmodernist bullshit that, that anything you question is now under question. There are true, there's truths in this world. And there's people that worked really hard to get us these truths and we should honor um, the work people have put in to get us the information that we currently have. You can question it all you want, but you can't just be like, is, is a piano really here? Like, fucking fine. You do that. If you want to do that as a bear, you can. But you have to be funny about it. Because that at least shows you put in effort to not just be a douche. Alright. I only have eight more minutes, and I promised uh, Ann Bear I'd, I'd play uh, Aerosmith. Keck says, today's SJW and neo-Marxists are just doing the same thing socialists have always done. The Soviets used to accuse their foes of being bourgeoisie. Today, it's neo-Marxists calling their foes racist, sexist, etc. Totally. That's why I want a funny version of that. Soy boy. That's why soy boy is so great because it's, I want to be able to do that too. Because that's, if you're going to bring a gun to a gunfight, I also need a gun or else I'll just die. But I think it's douchey to do that. So I want to make it funny because that's my rule. Cause I'm an unbearable is I want to be able to label someone something that immediately lets people know that they're, they're 
they're uh, they're, uh, socially they're they're fucked up. But I don't want to be an SJW. So what I do, I call them a soy lover because there's humor in it. Anyone who takes that too seriously, I I don't. No one's gonna be like, oh, he eats soy, then we should punch him in the face. No, but it lets people know what they are. Soy. Amber says, have you ever gone hunting with Rogan? No, but I would love that. I mean, that would be unbelievable. All right, Amber, I'm going to play you some, uh, uh, let's see if, what's a good Aerosmith song? What about, uh, Janie's got a gun, it's good. They said when they said when they said when Janie was arrested, they found him underneath the train. <laughs> I can't sing like Steven Tyler right now. Man he had, the man he had coming Now that Jamie's got a gun She never gonna be the same <clears throat> It's like Janie's got a gun said it would be here uh and now they're just like they're like yeah it'll be there you know it'll be there before christmas i think so i'm not gonna put him on blast though because the dude is cool but if they don't get their shit together i'm gonna freak out i already gave him six grand in cash all right well that 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 changes a lot my um felt it break too. It was almost like a tendon. It's like a tendon in your leg. Okay, so that ends uh that ends that. Alright, does Sam Smith only earn 77% of his royalties when he's feeling like a woman? That's a great joke, Edward. Christopher says one movie on American genocide, the promise. At your best when energetic, keep it up. Oh, thanks, buddy. 
Thank you for killing your piano. Also, have you heard Steven Tyler's country album? I really like it. No, but I'll, I'll buy it for sure. Consumption, crack me the fuck up. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Keith. Thanks for the super chat. Cack says, these male feminists like being seen as non-masculine because it makes them feel evolved, progressive, and woke. Yeah, they're awful. All right. Never heard this version of Jane. Yeah, well, I can't play the piano because, I mean, I can play it, but uh, I don't think this is Pearl Jam. No. Venezuela is full-blown socialist. Yeah, it is. I'm going to play American Pie about my stupid piano, Today the Music Died. I'm going to break my piano with an axe today, and I'm going to burn it. I hate it. I've been pissed at this piano for so long now. Stream saying I fucking hate Lena Dunn. 
Dunham and socialism. I hate Lena Dunham and socialism. Uh, no, Justin Trudeau eats raw jism. So bye bye, Miss American Pie. I drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. And good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye. Singing, What the hell is whiskey and rye? What, what the hell is drinking rye? I met a girl who sang the blues And I asked her for some happy news She just smiled and turned away You ever think about how psychotic that is? If you go, hey, do you have any happy news? And the girl just goes Like she smiled and turned away? Why wouldn't she at least say I don't have any happy news? I met a girl who sang the blues, so she's like, Dan, so she's like, I'm so sad. And he's like, hey, do you have any happy news? And she just goes, what a, what a, just a piece of shit. All right. Thanks, Amber. Dave Davidson, press F to pay respects. Can you live stream when you do that to your piano? Also, American Pie is one of my favorite songs. Oh, I love American Pie. It's awesome. That part is about Janis Joplin dying. Really? I don't know. Answer the question, bitch. Who, who are you talking to, Scott? Who do you think you're talking to, buddy? He only drinks organic Muslim filtered jizz. <laughs> He's the piano as a crayon terror against the soilets. Oh, you guys are having a fun time today. The Bears are having a fun chat in there. I love it. What do you guys want to hear? That shit was badass. Oh, thanks. Hit the like button, everybody. Yeah. I like when you check for commies in your special Feed the Bear. When I check for commies. Oh, yeah, is there commies here? <laughs> My next album name, I might call it Unbearable. I might just, just give it up. Always cracking me up. Thanks, Kek. Do you know any of the other Chopin actors? No. And now I know nothing because of my piano is broken. I mean, I can play like a, like a dipshit like I'm currently playing. Like everything sounds like jumpy and shit. It's like... Like... I, for those of you that have known me for years, you know that not having a pedal like makes me insane. Riders on the storm. Rider, riders on the storm. Into this world we're born. Into this world we're thrown. Like a dog without a bone, an actor out unknown. Riders on the storm. Squirming like a toad Taking long holiday Let your children play If you give this man a ride Sweet memory will die Killer on the road Girl, you got to love your man 
I'm a Native American, but I'm not. Jim Morrison was the original Elizabeth Warren. He thought he was Native American, but he wasn't. He was just a, just a junkie. Come on, baby, light my fire. What a dipshit. Oh, thanks, Patrick. That was very generous of you. Uh, Nicholas, can you please play Down Under by Men at Work? Sure. By Soy Men at Work. I'm going to change the lyrics, though. I'm going to have to use a keyboard until my, my new piano comes. It's humiliating. Traveling in a find out cumber On a hippie trail full of zombies I met a strange lady, she made me nervous She had a wiener, even though she had a purse Do you come from the land of soy? Netflix and what do I see? A guy being called a comedian named Aziz. He says, do you speak of my language? I say, no, you sound like a, 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 a fucking partridge. I come from a land of soy. Justin Trudeau is a man, he's not, he's, he's not a man, but he is a boy. He wants to drink a lot of our jizz. Uh. I don't know. You guys get the idea. Some simple minds. Sure, I can play some simple minds. Now I gotta go. I gotta go in under two minutes. What's a good one? Don't you forget about me. Oh, that's a good one. This song's about uh, soy and aluminum. He's like, Don't you forget about me. My name is Cosby, and you drank a roofie, yeah. Don't you forget about me. I'm a male, I'm a male, fe uh, I'm a fellow feminist, and you drank a roofie. Will you stand above me and call me names and talk about patriarchy? The grain keeps falling. The soy keeps rolling in me. Will you recognize me when I 
changed my name on social media. Uh, my brain keeps failing. Lena Dunn keeps nailing me. Soy in the sky. Pee on me. Trudeau is a fudge packer. Sally Canada is experiencing a fudge shortage, so now he's a caramel packer. Um, that's that's hilarious. Don't you forget about my soy. I'm just going to keep playing Simple Minds. <laughs> Won't you come pee on me? I know you eat lots of soy, baby. Tell me secrets and doubts that I'll post them on my Twitter account, baby. Love strange, so real in the dark. Think of tender things that we're working on, baby. Slow change, I pull out my ween. You say it's obscene and then you fire me from NBC. Don't you tell on me. That fucking guy's name. <sighs> My name's Matt Lauer and I'm on TV, baby. Don't you tell on me. I have a rape rip room right here at NBC. Yeah. Why does the media care about General Flynn more than the fact NBC has rape rooms? above me and talk about the wage gap and humiliate me. Uh, we both know the wage gap is mathematically incorrect, but I'm a cook, yeah. Oh, yeah. Will you step on top of me and, and slap my face and make fun of my race, baby? You, uh, you, uh, uh, don't know what I know because I'm Trudeau and I'm a fucking queer, yeah. Where you are going back? Where you come on in? I give you a hint, it's Trudeau. Dude, but I'm open-minded 
Come to Canadian Parliament and I will let you watch me destroy my own culture. I'm Justin Trudeau, yeah! I can't hunt and grow my own food. I'm okay. Oh, I can hunt and grow my own food. Oh, yeah, Texan. Oh, and if you have time, watch some videos from Canadian House of Commons. Trudeau isn't just a soy boy. He's a crooked puppet that never answers, answers simple questions. Yeah, he's, he's, he's bought and sold by the, uh, the cum lobby. change my, my uh, style a little bit. Anti-soy boy. Alright, rest in peace, soy boy piano. Yeah, it's going to be tough for me to break apart that piano. I think I was just raging for a second there. I mean, I have a lot of memories of this thing. It's 100 years old. Unorganized militia, absolutely. All right, I love you guys. Be good. And uh, like this, share this, comment on this. Let me inside of you. <laughs>